Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is episode 191. We are on day four of 13. We have 11 days to go. Today's podcast episode is going to be a little bit of a different one. So I actually got quite a few questions about my world, my life, uh, kind of like behind the scenes questions from a couple of different women. Uh, And so I'm going to answer them today. And this is not something I would normally do because this podcast is for you and all about you. Uh, But today's episode is all about me. (laughs) Carson even said to me this morning, well, you'll have no problem talking about yourself for an hour, will you? (laughs) Uh, But we're not going to go for an hour. I'm going to time myself and we're going to make this short and sweet. But, you know, when I received the questions, I felt a little bit of a hesitation to do a full podcast episode uh, talking about my hobbies and what interests me and my favorite books and how Carson and I met and, uh, you know, my values. And there are a few others here on my notes. Uh, But then I thought about it, you know, I paused and thought about it from the perspective of uh, a world. And I've spoken a little bit about worlds and characters before and this work uh, really comes from John and Ruby Marsh who are my business coaches. They introduced us to this idea of building out your world a couple of years ago through our work inside of Creator Club and I actually had Ruby on the podcast a few months ago where we spoke about uh, character design And so when I received these questions, I started to think about it from this idea of uh, a world and me being the main character in the world. And really, I think that a lot of the time we, there was actually on a live coaching call a few months ago, we were talking about vision. So inside of Warrior School, we have four pillars. The first is vision and a warrior's mindset. The second is energy and endurance. The third is training. And the fourth is performance. So uh, each month we have live coaching calls and group teaching calls. And on the live coaching calls or every month, we focus on one of those pillars. So a few months ago, we were focusing on vision and a warrior's mindset And I actually got my warriors to do an activity and that activity was around vision and I wanted them to imagine and internalize someone else's world. And this comes from a book that I read called Constructing a Nervous System. It was a memoir by, I think it was Margot Jefferson was her name. And this activity really helps us think outside of the box. You know, often when we think of our vision, it's come from society, from the culture, from our upbringing. And a lot of the time we have put constraints on that vision. And so if we 
imagine and internalize someone else's world. You know, why are we attracted to their world, to their character, who they are, what they're doing? And you really see this a lot on social media. You know, I think a lot of the times we follow people because we have this keen interest in getting getting behind the scenes. You know, we we really are allured and attracted to the behind the scenes of someone else's life. <laughs> so uh, today I'm going to give you a little bit of a behind the scenes look into my world and my life. And I think before we start, I'd love you to think about your life and think about it as a world that you get to create and you get to put things into that world that you want. You get to take things out of that world that you don't want. And also you are the main character in that world. And so who do you want to be as that character? Uh, as I said, I did a podcast episode with Ruby on this and also go and follow Ruby and listen to her podcast, the True to You podcast. She talks about this quite a lot. Uh, and I think it's a really cool way to think about our life and the role that we want to play in our life. So I'm going to treat this as a little bit of a speed dating uh, episode because I want it to be short and sweet. Uh, so I can get back into doing some research and writing some notes for the future podcast episodes that are coming up, which I have some really, really cool ones. Welcome to the Warrior School podcast, the podcast for women who train. I believe following a plan that works with your body and has a timeline of years is the future of women's training. I also believe women can train hard. We just need to learn how to do it in a respectful way. So Warrior, this is your go-to show for practical information on training, nutrition, hormones, and performance. Myself and tons of experts will help you create a training strategy that works with your body and gets results. I am your teacher, Amy Bowe coach, dietitian, and the creator of Warrior School. Okay, Warrior Woman, let's do this. All right, so let's start off with a short and sweet bio. I am a fur mama to Hank, who's lying here at my feet right now. I am a coffee lover, a wannabe singer, but I'm very bad podcast host and the creator of Warrior School. So I thought I'd give you a really short character bio and I broke it down into weaknesses, strengths, vices, superpower and a weapon. <laughs> uh, weaknesses. I don't like to try new things. I'm obsessive. I have a strong sense of self-entitlement. I'm selfish. I dislike the cold. I hate cleaning. I'm clumsy. I hate big crowds and loud noises. Strengths. I'm focused, a great speaker, very aligned with my values, consistent. I'm really good at building relationships, empathetic. I'm good at speed and I bring the energy. Vices, I have a coffee addiction and I'm also addicted to any chocolate dessert. <laughs> uh, superpower, 
I am a potent podcast creator. And my weapon of choice, well, I had to pick two, a microphone and a barbell. A little bit of a longer, uh, I guess, backstory or bio, although I'm still going to give you the short version. There's a lot of uh, new women listening to the podcast. So first, hi, welcome. Uh, And this little bit's for you. So about 18 years ago, my sister endured anorexia nervosa. And during this experience, I actually became really deeply fascinated with our relationship with food and our body. I was actually going to go into performing arts. I love performing. I love being on stage and I love a mic, but I took a hard right and I decided to become a dietitian and specialize in eating disorders. So I completed my Bachelor of Exercise Science and Nutrition in 2009, and then I moved to Melbourne to do my master's at Deakin in dietetics. And in 2013, after graduating, I found some leaders uh, that worked in the eating disorder space, and they took me under their wing, and I started to work in private practice, where I supported people with eating disorders and disordered eating. Uh, At the same time, I also worked for the Butterfly Foundation, which was a non-for-profit organization in Melbourne, in Australia, and I presented workshops and presentations on body image, self-esteem, and eating disorders. But it was around this time that I actually had chronic back pain on and off for a number of years, and one day I found myself flat on my back on the floor, unable to get up. (laughs) And maybe like you and many other women that I've worked with or who follow me or who are listening right now, I found myself in the bottom of the black hole. You know, the black hole where, <laughs> where you feel weak and stressed and uh, overwhelmed and have a sense of hopelessness. That's the black hole. It ain't fun being down there. And so I started to work with a coach And this coach really taught me how to build a strong foundation, how to train properly in a way that built insane strength and in a way that created this strong, resilient, capable body. So I went from feeling weak uh, and scared to train to feeling so strong and confident And he really helped me redefine my relationship with my body and training. And so it was during this time that I really discovered that I didn't just want to be a dietitian working in eating disorders. I wanted to coach. So I discovered this idea of coaching that I could actually combine the training, the nutrition and the physiology or the hormone piece together to help women redefine their relationship with themselves, their bodies and training to help women uh, get more energy and build insane strength and to create the body that they actually love. For me, really, it was a disconnection piece that I felt with my body. And that's what I was seeing with uh, so many women. They were disconnected from their bodies. And so I wanted to find a way to work with them that would help them create this connection. So I decided to start Warrior School. I think she's about four years old. And I knew two things when I started her. 
that I wanted to create this program, this business where women could learn from and coach with me consistently uh, in a one-on-one setting. And I also really crave to teach them all the things that they should have been taught in school. So we should have been taught about our physiology, about our hormones, our menstrual cycles. We should have been taught how to train properly, how to create strong nutrition strategies, how to manage our mind and build powerful relationships with ourselves. But we weren't. So I created Warrior School and it, which is why the school part is there in the title, and it's like this Ivy League, Ivy League school you actually want to go to to get an education on really how to powerfully lead yourself through this life. So this school is four years old and it's developed into this incredible community of women. I call it the circle of inspiration. And I've spoken about it before. Uh, most recently on a podcast around who's at your table, that it's really important to fill your room with powerful women and women who have done what you want to do. And that's what Warrior School is. So that's the short and sweet version about what I do and why I do it. Now, let's go into the questions and I'm going to time myself. I'm going to give myself 10 minutes, maybe 20 tops. Uh, So it's like speed dating. Okay. So you're going to come, we're going to sit at a table and I kind of wish I had someone here. So Julie, one of my warriors, she actually asked me a lot of these questions. She sent them through. And so this podcast episode is dedicated to Julie and to all of the other women out there that want to know a little bit more about me and my world a little bit more uh, about the face in front or behind uh, Warrior School. Uh, And so I wish Julie was here where she could rapid fire these questions to me. I'm going to imagine that she is. And so if you want me to go deeper on anything, just let me know. But today we're going to speed date and we're going to try and do this in under 20 minutes. (laughs) So the first question was around hobbies and what activities bring me joy and life. Training, walking Hank, theater, musicals, live performances, food, cooking, going out to amazing restaurants, travel. This summer, we're actually going to salsa dance, Carson and I. Uh, I'm I'm also going to learn Italian and my work. Uh, so when I read this question, the first thing that came up for me was this idea that my world is small and I keep it small very intentionally. And what I mean by that is if you ask Carson, he'll say that (laughs) I never leave my castle here, my apartment, my lair, uh, which is kind of warrior school HQ. I work out of our apartment here in uh, North Vancouver and no, I don't leave a lot. (laughs) In my world is my work and I love my work. I work a lot. Uh, I work, you know, a lot of the time, six days a week, big days, long days. uh, And I love it. I love my work. I I probably 
it might not be a hobby, I guess, but it is an activity. It is something that I do that brings me life and brings me joy. And when I'm actually going to do another podcast episode on the business because I was asked a bunch of questions about my business and my business journey over the last four years. Uh, But I love what I do. And so I want to do it all of the time. And so a big part of my world is my work. Another part of my world is training. And it has been a really strong part of my world since I was three years old. So I come from a gymnastics background. I uh, did gymnastics for a really long time. Then I danced. I've played uh, competitive field hockey throughout uh, my high school years. I've been in a gym since I was 14 or 15 years old. I've competed in Olympic weightlifting. I train a lot. (laughs) I've trained a lot. Uh, And training is is a huge hobby of mine. It's an activity that brings me life and joy. And I think once you have built a strong foundation and you find a way of training that works with your body, and is fun and enjoyable, you fall in love with it. And training will be one of my greatest love affairs in my life. Uh, And so I train (laughs) a lot. I also walk my dog a lot. So Hank, uh, I walk him twice a day. We do a lot of training together. Uh, And so that would be another hobby or activity that brings me joy. I love anything to do with theatre, musicals, performances. As I said uh, in the intro piece, I danced and did drama all throughout high school. I wanted to go into performing arts. Uh, Growing up, I always wanted to be a famous actress, walk on the red carpet and win an Oscar. And so... I love going to the theatre, I love going to musicals, any performance uh, I love going to. So you'll often find me there. I love food, I'm a huge foodie. I wouldn't say I absolutely love cooking all of the time. Uh, If we had a bigger kitchen, a more beautiful kitchen, (laughs) I would love it a lot more. But currently we don't before we haven't renovated our apartment that we live in. So the kitchen is not amazing. And I think environment is really powerful. I often talk about this a lot in training. Our environment is so powerful when it comes to our training practice. Also, I believe it's really powerful when it comes to a cooking practice. (laughs) But I do love to cook. Uh, And I love to go out to dinner especially with Carson. And so I love going to amazing restaurants. So often I'll do a bunch of research and then book out, you know, a bunch of dinners for us uh, at very cool, amazing restaurants. It's also why I really love traveling. So I'd say travel is another hobby or activity that brings me joy and life. Uh, Not that we have done it very much over the last five to seven years uh, because of work and study and the rhythm of the world. But it is something something that brings me lots of joy. I love going to new places. I moved from my hometown to a new town to go to university. And then I moved to Melbourne by myself. I didn't know anyone to do my master's. 
And then I moved from Melbourne to Canada uh, to be with Carson eight years ago. And I didn't know anyone then either. So I really like going to places where I don't know anyone. I love traveling uh, and I'm mostly drawn to places for the food. (laughs) Uh, As I said, I'm going to salsa dance with Carson this summer. And so often I'll take up activities or hobbies that involve my body. So a couple of summers ago, I did a block of time with a contemporary dance teacher where I did uh, some dancing. Also want to learn Italian. Uh, We want to go to Southern Italy next September. Okay. Uh, As I said, my world is small, small, but I have a high standard of performance in all of those areas. And I think that's something that I've always had. I've kept a very small, tight world. I have a very small circle of people or a small table, but I have a high standard of performance for those hobbies or those activities and for the people that are at my table. What's creating friction for me right now? That's the next question. Emailing. Uh, so one of the projects I've been set, uh, I've been set by John, my business coach, is to email three times a week. Uh, and I was really struggling with this. I just couldn't get my shit together with it. And I, maybe you felt like that with, you know, something in your life. <laughs> um, could be food related, training related, like anything, any area of your life. You know, when you just can't get your shit together and you're like, why can't I get my shit together with this? So on the call, we really looked at that. You know, was it that I didn't have enough energy, that I felt I didn't have enough time, was that I didn't that I didn't really like emailing because I really pref- uh, prefer speaking. Uh, and what what we came up with on the call, John and I, was that it was just too big of a project. It felt like too big of a project amongst everything else that I was doing in my life and in the business. So we put in constraints and those constraints were email three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, although yesterday It was Monday. I had a huge day and it was like 7 p.m. and I hadn't written the email. And I was saying to Carson while we're cooking dinner, I haven't written my email yet. And he's like, John just said three days a week. It doesn't have to be on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Kind of comes back to my obsessive, rigid nature. Uh, (laughs) uh, And so it's three times a week, 600 words or less, one idea, keep it simple. And this really works with anything in your life. If you're feeling like you just can't get your shit together, put in constraints. Uh, And so that was really creating friction for me. I think another thing I'll say on that is when we start something new, it's going to create friction. And I tell my women this all of the time when they start inside of warrior school, like I slow them way down and we, you know, we start to rebuild their body from the ground up. They're doing new movements. They Some of them don't have a consistent training practice. So we're implementing a consistent training practice. And that's hard. It's going to create friction. Anything new or anything that requires us to change habits, behaviors, thoughts, beliefs is going to create friction. Friction is a good thing. I actually really welcome friction. And if I'm not feeling friction, it means that I'm not really pushing myself. And so, you know, I've got quite a list here about what's creating friction for me. And it's a great thing. The list, I believe, should be pretty long. 
Uh, And so if you are feeling friction with a thing, it's okay. And the deeper we get into that thing. So for example, when I started my podcast, I felt a lot of friction with it. It was really hard. And the nervous system finds it really hard. The nervous system just doesn't have the capacity to to do the thing at the start. But the more we practice, it's just like strength training. When we try a movement, we're not strong, we feel weak, we're uh, unstable, maybe we don't have the range of motion. We keep practicing that movement and we're going to get stronger, we're going to get more stable, we're going to learn how to do it technically correct. Just takes time, just takes practice. And so I know the emailing thing will feel less frictionous (laughs) over time, but right now it's creating friction. It's taking a lot of mental space. It's taking more time than I want it to take because writing doesn't come as easy to me as speaking. I would say writing my book is also creating friction for me right now because I started uh, writing and then I've stopped really over the last five, six, seven months. uh, And I'm trying to bring back in a writing practice in the morning time, but sometimes it doesn't always work out uh, with my schedule, with walking Hank, uh, with, you know, starting my day. And so I'm just trying to figure that out. And that's creating a lot of friction because I want to write a book and I have a structure there. I just need to probably put more constraints around the writing like I did the emailing. Uh, I want to read, I want to read fiction books. (laughs) So what I'm reading is creating a bit of friction for me. I'm trying to read more nonfiction books just for work, kind of to pull in uh, inspiration to help me think laterally outside of the box, to bring in new ideas uh, for Warrior School, for the podcast. And so, but I'm very drawn to fiction books you know I spent a long time in my 20s reading a lot of non-fiction books and I just got over it and so over the last seven eight years I've been reading a lot of fiction and of course there are you know there's inspiration and lessons to be learned in fiction books but uh, I'm feeling a little bit of friction right now with reading more non-fiction books than fiction books (laughs) Uh, And then the last one I would say is that I always feel a little bit of friction around this idea of make it better. So anything that I do, I always think about how I could make it better, how I could do better, uh, make it more powerful. And so sometimes that brings up a lot of friction. uh, And I also think it's a good thing. And I've spoken a little bit about this before. We can celebrate ourselves and our wins and what we've achieved. And we can demand more from ourselves. And so sometimes I feel a little bit of friction around, well, what does demanding more look like? What does it feel like? Uh, How do I do that? How do I make it better? You know, how do I make warrior school better? How do I make their the warrior's journey inside warrior school better? How do I make the podcast better? You know, how I, how do I show up better as a coach? Um, and so sometimes holding these two ideas or these two concepts that often seem conflicting can create some friction, but uh, 
that's why having the board of directors and your table set up is really important. And my table uh, really helps with this, this, um, you know, this make it better uh, stuckness that I feel sometimes. Okay, what am I looking forward to this year? Uh, Confidently ever after. So uh, my big mission or goal for this year was to take Warrior School on the road and run three live events, one in Australia, one in Nashville, and then one in Vancouver. And I ran the first Confidently Ever After event in May in Australia for the warriors that lived in Australia. And I'm off to Nashville on August 11th to run our second Confidently Ever After event in Nashville on August 12th. And then the last one is here in Vancouver at the end of August. I wanted to get in a room with these warriors and talk about confidence, train together and do acts of confidence together. And so that's probably one of the biggest things that I have been and am looking forward to this year. I love live events. I love being in a room full of other powerful women. It's extremely inspiring. I'm also looking forward to growing the podcast and Warrior School. One of my really big projects this year is this podcast and making her better, growing her, getting bigger guests on. Uh, The other day, I actually spent a few hours writing a new podcast pitch email, uh, which was to send out to some really big guests that I want to get on the podcast And so I'm going to give her a lot of love and a lot of attention this year. Also, I'm really looking forward to growing Warrior School. I've got space to grow her a little bit more until I reach my capacity. And then I'm looking forward to thinking about what does she look like? What does her reinvention look like as, you know, as she grows bigger? Uh, I'm also looking forward to helping women achieve their goals That's why I wake up in the morning uh, to help women get more energy, build insane strength and create the body that they love so they can live there confidently ever after. And so every day I wake up and I look forward to uh, helping women, leading women to do this. Uh, I'm also creating some new programs that will be for sale. So I'm creating a pull-up course right now and then I'm going to create a uh, squat program. And so I'm really looking forward to creating some yeah mini courses or mini programs that can help you with your training okay the next one is my all-time favorite books I'm not gonna I'm just gonna give you some authors so I broke it down into non-fiction and fiction so non-fiction Esther Perel's books Mating in Captivity and The State of Affairs her two books really changed the way that I viewed relationships and relating to uh, other people and to Carson and so I highly recommend both of her books uh, her work her podcasts Uh, Brené Brown's books I found her work 10 or 15 years ago and it really helped me be a better leader a better coach uh, a better human Malcolm Gladwell is also another really cool author Uh, Seth Godin, Robert Greene and Steve Jobs uh, autobiography or biography is also very good. I would say Malcolm Gladwell, Seth Godin, Robert Greene, Steve Jobs. 
uh, really feel something for me from a business perspective. Um, and I guess a, a life, <laughs> a life perspective as well. I just currently read DV by Diana Freeland and she was the fashion editor of Harper's Bazaar and editor-in-chief of Vogue in the 1930s and 40s. And she was a woman, a woman whose passion and genius for style really helped define, uh, define the world of high fashion for over 50 years. And there was this piece in the book around creating an elegant mind. And for me, uh, our mind and the relationship that we have with our mind and creating an elegant mind is extremely important if we want to achieve our vision and uh, create the body that we love. Michael Pollan is also uh, an amazing writer. He is kind of one of those cool OG journalists. So he wrote a book called How to Change Your Mind. And it was all about psychedelics. And that really fascinates me. Uh, I have never taken a drug in my life. And so uh, the, the the psychedelics... Um, fascinate me from this the idea of you know when I think of so an example I can give you is with my business sometimes I get really frustrated because I feel like my mind is trapped in a container and it can't think laterally like creatively creatively about things Uh, I can only see things one way through one lens And that's why having people on your table are really important so they can help you see things. But the idea of, you know, changing your mind through psychedelics fascinates my mind just to help us break out of the box, you know, this one way of thinking. Uh, And so I haven't currently done a psychedelic, but his book is amazing. Uh, When Breath Becomes Air... It's an autobiography written by an American neurosurgeon named Paul, I think it's Kalanithi, and it's really a memoir about his life and battling stage four lung cancer. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful book. It's um, inspiring and sad, uh, and so I highly recommend that. I've read that about three times. Uh, of course, I'm going to say Dr. Stacey Sims, Raw and Next Level, Lara Bryden's Period Power, uh, Power, and then The Body Keeps Score, which is by a psychiatrist as well. So they're some of my favorite nonfiction fiction. Oh, I'm a Harry Potter fan. I love Harry Potter. Uh, the Kite Runner uh, or anything by um, Hassini is really good. A Fine Balance which is set in the mid-1970s in India, is also really good. The Nightingale or anything by Kristen Henner is amazing. Uh, The Paper Palace I just read recently. And probably one of my favorite fiction books is A Little Life. And it's lengthy and it's a very difficult subject matter, but it's phenomenal and it follows... Uh, for college classmates, for males. And it's about their friendship and ambition. And it's really about one character in particular and his past, which was uh, really scarred by uh, extremely terrible childhood trauma. And it's phenomenal. It's beautifully written. 
Okay, I have many more, but we could do a whole podcast episode on books. But those are just some of my favorites off the top of my head. Right now, what's inspiring me? This is a hard one. Uh, Right now, we're watching the Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary, and I think it's really inspiring. Uh, I'm also reading a new book called Up to Speed by Christine Yu, and it's about groundbreaking science of women athletes, which is really cool. So that's really inspiring just to see how far we've come when it comes to uh, studying women, which is not that far, but it's a lot further than (laughs) what it used to be. Uh, Other women playing the game, which is really the game of life. And so I've talked about Kitty, Leela and Libby before. They inspire me. Uh, My warriors inspire me. And I would say recently for business, I've pulled a lot of inspiration from uh, the fashion world. So Agent Provocateur, one of their recent campaigns really inspired Confidently Ever After. So I was on a call with John uh, a while ago and I was sharing with him how I felt I was really struggling to think laterally, to think outside of the box, to come up with new ideas, to innovate, to make the experience inside of Warrior School better. And he said to me, okay, go and look outside your world or the fitness industry, the health industry. So I started to do that a lot. And I was reading fashion books and looking at, uh, you know, architecture and fashion brands and companies. And so Agent Provocateur is one of my favorite lingerie brands and they do really cool campaigns. And so that's where I pulled the inspiration for Confidently Ever After, this idea of creating your fairy tale from. So I find a lot of my inspiration, if you look at my feed on my Instagram, it's actually not full of uh, food or fitness or health. It's full of architecture and fashion. So I pull a lot of inspiration from those other areas. The next one was values. What are your top values? This was also really hard. Okay, I'm going to list off a few and then if I had to pick my top five, I'll give you my top five for right now. So here are a list. Freedom, health, connection, confidence, love, power, fun, discipline, respect, heart, integrity, effort, quality, and passion. If I had to pick my top five, health, freedom, power, discipline, and love would be my top five values. (sighs) Okay, we've got two more. Uh, Morning and nighttime routines. They aren't exciting. I don't really have them. (laughs) Let's just say they're not full of journaling or meditation or anything uh, that you would kind of associate with a morning routine. Uh, In the morning, I wake up, I make coffee, and sometimes I even drink that coffee before I have a snack. (laughs) Most of the time, I'll drink the coffee while I eat my snack. Uh, I think my routine rhythm shifts a little bit depending on the season. So in winter time, it doesn't get light until 8 a.m. And it gets dark at 3.30 or 4 p.m. in the afternoon. And then in summer, it gets light at 5 a.m. and doesn't get dark until 10.30 p.m. here in the north. So I would say I definitely shift my routine and rhythm depending on winter or summer So right now we wake up around 5.30, 6 a.m., coffee, snack. Uh, Sometimes I'll try and sit down, write some emails or 
do some writing in the morning. Uh, But pretty quickly, I'm out the door taking Hank for a walk. We walk for about an hour, sometimes an hour 15 every morning. We come back, we have breakfast, I have another coffee, then I sit down and I start my work. Uh, That's on some days. Some days I'll have breakfast, then I go and train. So about four days a week, I'll go and train at around 8, 8.30 in the morning for about an hour and a half. And then I come back and then I'll start my day. How I end my day, well, Carson would say that I have a lot of rules. (laughs) Uh, I come with a thick manual. I think that's what he said to me last night. Uh, And yeah, I would say I have rules or guidelines when it comes to closing out the day. Uh, And that would be the lighting. So the lights go down (laughs) low in the evening. Uh, We normally have dinner and walk the dog Uh, and then I'll normally read or will watch a show. Uh, I would say probably another one of my hobbies is watching Grey's Anatomy reruns. (laughs) So uh, and then we'll be in bed in winter. We'll be in bed by 8 39 p.m. in summer 9 30 10 p.m. We normally sleep for about seven to eight hours but my nighttime routine is Yeah, I I drink a sleepy tea. I would say that's probably the thing I've been doing for over a decade is that I need, I have to have a sleepy tea. The lights have to be low. I normally read for at least 30 to 60 minutes before I go to sleep. Uh, I take my supplements um, and that's it. (laughs) Again, I don't journal. I don't take baths. I don't like candles. just not my jam. Uh, nothing against that it works for some women. I think you just need to find what works for you. For With this stuff, I've never really been into the trends, like the self-care trends and feeling like I have to do this and I have to do that. Uh, you know, I those things work for me. It's always got walking in it. There's always food in it. <laughs> There's always low lighting. Uh, some type of reading. Okay, the last one. I'm way over time on this speed dating. Uh, So the last one is how Carson and I met. You know what? I actually think that I might try and get him on the podcast. What do you reckon? Uh, I thought I'd get him on the podcast to talk about being in relationship with each other, uh, also doing business together. (laughs) Uh, he, as I said before, he's on my table. He has many seats and I think it'd be cool to get him on. So I'll try and get him on. He's not a massive fan of public speaking, so I'll see how I go. But how did we meet? We met in 2015. I think it was March in Australia, in Melbourne. I was teaching Olympic weightlifting and mobility at CrossFit St. Kilda and Carson was living in Melbourne for a year. He joined CrossFit St. Kilda. One day I was training. This was while I was competing in Olympic weightlifting. uh, And I didn't like anything or anyone to interrupt my training sessions. I was even more rigid (laughs) than I am now. Uh, And I was very protective of my environment and the rhythm of my session. And so I didn't like anyone interrupting. But one day I was training and it was just before the lunchtime class And here's this man at the door (laughs) 
and the gym is shut and the door is locked. But of course, I walked down uh, and he was there for the lunchtime class, but he was like 40 minutes early. So he interrupted my training session. So the first time I met him, I was annoyed at him for interrupting my training session. Uh, But soon he became part of kind of our gang, our tribe. There was about seven or eight of us that were all coaches and teachers that worked either at CrossFit St. Kilda or around the St. Kilda Kilda area. Uh, My coach being one of them that I worked with for over five years. Uh, And so... Yeah, he just joined. He joined Barbell Club, which was what we ran Barbell Club. Um, My coach ran Barbell Club twice a week. He joined the Olympic weightlifting classes that I taught. He would train with us uh, nearly every day. He'd come to, you know, all of our our group dinners, uh, our potlucks. And I don't know if you have potlucks here in the north. I'm sure that you do. Uh, that just means like you, everyone brings a dish and it's like potluck. Um, and so he would join those and we became really good friends. Uh, and then we went on a vacation to Bali. I think there was about eight or nine of us, uh, that all went over to Bali to meet him over there. And so we did a training holiday in Bali at the end of 2015 in November. And then he came back to Canada. So he's Canadian, which is why I'm here in Vancouver. And we did a year back and forth. So he came over twice. I came over once. And then I decided to pack up my life and move to Vancouver. And I've been here for seven and a half years. Uh, So that is how Carson and I met. Uh, And potentially we could go deeper into our relationship and our relating, working together, living together, being lovers, best friends, um, on a future podcast episode all right that's it that's our speed dating episode done uh if you want me to go deeper on a topic let me know uh hopefully julie (laughs) uh that gave you some insight into the behind the scenes of my world uh and okay i'll see you for number five tomorrow, five out of 13. Thank you so much for listening. Bye for now. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.